This is the Ag Queen Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Lori Boyer, your host for the Ag Queen Podcast. During this podcast, we explore the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Today, I check in with the Beef Improvement Federation. It was founded in 1968. It's an organization advancing and coordinating all segments of the beef industry. And in today to talk more about the Beef Improvement Federation is Executive Director Dr. Bob Weber. Glad to be here, Lori, and look forward to our conversation. Before I get into talking about BIF specifically, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, so I'm actually a Colorado native. Grew up down uh, southwest of Pueblo. My folks still ranch down uh, down there near Beulah and uh, um, undergrad and master's work at Colorado State. So close connections to lots of the folks uh, in, in your world and know, know a number of folks around the Fort Morgan area. And in fact, uh, Morgan County used to have a, a very competitive uh, 4-H livestock judging team that we went toe-to-toe with in Pueblo County for a long time and so I'm um, really glad to connect with uh, folks back in, in Colorado. Um, worked at the American Gelfie Association for a while in the late 90s um, back to graduate school um, and worked for Simmental and then faculty appointments at the University of Missouri and uh, now here at K-State. And in fact um, here in about two and a half weeks it'll mark 10 years that mm. my wife and I have been in, in Kansas and Manhattan area and um, yeah, work as a Formerly a professor, I guess still a professor in, in uh, at K State, but recently took on some new duties as a as a department head position. So, when I originally asked you to share with me a little bit more information on what the the connection was between Kansas State University and BIF, you said there's a pretty strong extension connection. Can you just briefly explain that piece of it, and then we'll talk sure. about the uh, federation? Yep. Yeah. So we'll talk uh, uh, a little bit about uh, uh, kind of. Historically, the the role with uh, uh, extension and, and BIF and, and academic researchers and breed associations has been a very strong one. And uh, for um, as, as long as I've been engaged with BIF, which is uh, since the late '90s, um, the exec has been a, a faculty member at a land grant university somewhere. Uh, we kind of rotate about every five years or so um uh, new somebody new will step forward and, and take over the reins and so i started in in 2020 um dr jane Parrish at mississippi state had been the the exec previous to that twig marston here at k-state uh, prior to that um and so it's a, a service role that we provide uh, uh through the university and so that makes a, a nice connection to stay um, in touch with producers and breed associations in the animal breeding and genetics realm and, and provide a, a leadership role to industry. So that leads right into the next question of telling us more about the Beef Improvement Federation. What do you guys do? And tell me more about the organization itself. Yep. Sure. So um, uh, BIF has uh, uh, actually been around for a long time, uh, started in the, in the late 1960s um, with a mission of standardizing um, uh, beef improvement, and beef performance programs. And so one of the sort of hallmark or keystone um, uh, functions of, of BIF is, is publishing the BIF uh, guidelines for uniform beef improvement. And so many of your listeners may be familiar with, uh, say, adjusted 205 day weights or adjusted yearling weights. Some of those kind of measures. Um, BIF uh, was kind of the pioneering organization that helped standardize those uh, adjustments and procedures uh, across the industry. And so breed associations are uh, one of the primary consumers of that um, uh, material, but certainly a number of beef cattle improvement associations are as well. Um, BIF is a federation, so we're an organization of organizations. Our members um, uh, total about 70, so uh, all the major U.S. and Canadian beef breed associations um, are members of BIF. 
um, as well as a number of state and provincial um, beef cattle improvement associations. So aggregations of you know performance-minded seed stock and commercial producers are, are members of, of those organizations. Um, and so by default, that's one of our, our main audiences is, is that group. Of we also have engagement uh, with a number of, of course, uh, researchers in the animal breeding and genetic space focused on beef cattle across uh, the U.S. and Canada, as well as Australia and New Zealand, uh, some other international destinations as well. And then, uh, of course, strong connections with uh, USDA researchers, primarily at the U.S. Meat Animal Research Center, but a number of other locations as well um, that are involved in, in genetics research uh, for beef cattle. So kind of spans a lot of uh, a lot of the industry, but, um, uh, you know, really, um, I, I kind of use the term um, kind of the who's who in, in beef cattle genetic improvement or, or members of, of BIF. Does what you collect as far as that information change from year to year and how do you determine that? So we've actually got a, a guidelines committee that's uh, actively engaged in keeping that document uh, um, fresh, if you will. In fact, uh, we used to kind of have a you know five to seven year um, review cycle and editorial cycle on on the guidelines. Um, here two, three years ago, um, Dr. Bruce Golden helped motivate us along. Bruce uh, was a former uh, breeding and genetics faculty member uh, at Colorado State and then moved to industry for a while and then back kind of in academia and has been engaged in some software development exercises uh, that a lot of breed associations use. But Bruce is a, a real techie kind of guy and he motivated us to actually um, move the guidelines to a wiki format. So listeners will be familiar with Wikipedia. Actually, the BIF guidelines are built on a very similar uh, software backbone as, as Wikipedia is now. And so it's a, a living, breathing document and people can go in in real time and, and make suggested edits to that document. Um, it goes through a review cycle. We've got a, a committee that continually looks at that document um, and makes modifications to it, but it's uh, a lot more engaging than it used to be in the and part of that motivation was really one modernize the document, um, and so a big, big effort in terms of updating and reviewing content, um, but also making it um, a more responsive to change. We know, you know, in the last few years, for instance, a, a lot of work on um, feed intake and feed efficiency measures, um, feet and legs, um, a number of other kind of cow-related uh, topics, and then you know we're starting to look forward at um, you know the next evolution of performance measures in beef cattle around, you know, adaptability traits. So uh, PAP scores or pulmonary arteri arterial pressure, I can't hardly even say it, but PAP scores is an area we've started to work in and have a, a number of presenters usually at, at our conference talk about that. And then some sustainability measures, you know, there's a, a number of producers starting to collect methane, greenhouse gas emission data, cows and feedlot animals. And so um, starting to think through how do we standardize those uh, performance metrics to move them into uh, genetic evaluation systems. Do you work across all types of breeds, cattle breeds? Yep. So the membership includes, um, you know, Angus, Hereford, Simmental, Gelfie, Limousine, Charlet, Red Angus, um, Solaire, Tarantais, you know, it's the, the across all breed groups. Um, and so what we do is, um, We've got a board of directors that consists of not only producers that are representatives of the various regions and the beef cattle improvement organizations in those regions, but also a set of breed association, typically technical staff that are members of the board, and they help convey that information back to end users. They're guidelines, they're not the law, but they are guidelines that you know many breed associations rely on to help construct and design their genetic evaluation systems. And Dr. Weber does... The BIF work in policy at all, legislation, things like that. 
not directly. So um, one of the, um, the the spaces that um, um, a lot of our members work in is is in policy, but we try and build the kind of the educational background and scientifically driven guidelines and recommendations for genetic evaluation. And on occasion, those things kind of bleed over into some policy areas. So one of the, the topical areas, in fact, at our recent uh, BIF symposium in Des Moines, um, one of our speakers, uh, Dr. Allison Van Enenam at, at UC Davis, um, uh, talked about uh, sort of the policy architecture around uh, genetically modified livestock, you know, the new technology of gene editing uh, procedures. And so that kind of helps inform you know, our audiences and the people that are then subsequently through their own organizations engaged in policy formation to have a strong background in kind of the scientific perspective around those topics. So. So this kind of brings it back to full circle from when I first asked you about extension now connecting the dots. That's where it all gets brought together is all the research and the work being done in extension across the country kind of all pours into this, right? Right. So there's, uh, if you go, um, you know, at our, our symposium and certainly the guidelines committees, um, you know, really all the thought leaders from both the producer side and, and the academic and government sides working together to build those recommended guidelines and standardized processes for genetic evaluation. So it really is a, a kind of a, a focus point for the industry and, and Certainly for folks that have back to BIF meeting a number of years ago was, was in Fort Collins and so uh, our Loveland area and you know, there's there's a, a real keen interaction that happens. You know, there's a, a saying in, in BIF that, you know, the conference and the proceedings uh, meeting, um, general sessions and so forth is a, a lot of content. But where a lot of the real action happens is, you know, the hallway talk or yeah. the bar in the evening where people get together typical. and kick around ideas and mm-hmm. yep, kind of the typical producer engagement, right? But it's a really valuable part of, of, um, of what we do in, in helping form you know, those ideas and, and sort of help flush them out. So. Do you have to be a member of BIF in order to get data and information? Do not. In fact, uh, um, okay. we've got uh, two publicly facing, well, three really websites. So we've got beefimprovement.org is our main organizational website. It has a, a fair bit of uh, educational material on that. If you go to bifsymposium.com, that's our conference um, uh, website. Just recently refreshed, actually, with all the recordings from mm-hmm. our symposium held in the end of June in Des Moines. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of uh, producer content there around uh, our symposium. And then BIF guidelines is connected to that, the separate Wikipedia sort of uh, document. And all those are are publicly available and and open to uh, broad consumption, both here domestically and internationally. All right, Dr. Weber, certainly a pleasure to talk to you, to get to know you a little bit more, more on the Beef Improvement Federation. And I will be calling you to do this again. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Thanks, Lori. Have a great day. Once again, my guest, Dr. Bob Weber, he is the executive director of the Beef Improvement Federation based in Manhattan, Kansas. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen podcast. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Lori Boyer.